Gentlemen, welcome back to that stupid fantasy football show. I am Tim, being joined here by Adam, as always. What's up, Adam? Wow. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, it is awesome. Yeah, uh, it's fun to do. You know, just really get right into it. Yeah. It's June twelfth. It is a Friday. It's uh, a three forty-six p.m. on the East Coast. Yeah, 12.46 here on the West Coast. <laughs> and we're here to talk about fantasy football. We are. Uh, it's going to be fun. At least a little bit. <laughs> at least a wee bit. A wee, wee bit. I hope you like it. You can join us. If you're watching this on our Twitter right now, you can join us and interact and even potentially join this broadcast right now Maybe. on Get Vocal. That's the trick. you got to go to Get Vocal to interact directly with us. We can this check the Twitter. This is not a plug where we're at. <laughs> not Yeah, we don't get anything from this. We love yeah. Get Vocal, but we get nothing from this. Uh, it just we have to say the word get vocal for you to be able to come here. <laughs> it's that's like a that's where yeah, we're at. It's the password. Yeah. So Adam, fantasy football. What do yeah. you think of it? Uh, I love it. <laughs> Big love trade it. went down in our league this past yeah. week. Yeah. Between uh Ryan Popola and Frank Honeycock. D Hen. <laughs> and uh and the the league is a 12 team full point now it's a full point PPR keeper league every team is required to keep four players which means that the first four rounds are technically your keeper spots making the live draft uh the the start of the live draft the fifth round yeah. so michael haver traded or i'm sorry frank honeycock traded derrick henry to ryan papola for his fifth round and 11th round pick. Yeah. Seems uh, a little steep. Um, steep. Considering the fifth round is technically our first round. Yeah. What is it? The like 11th pick though? Yeah. And he has multiple. He had multiple. I think he might actually just been sending Honeycock's pick back to him. Mm -hmm. I think that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's good for Honeycock because he didn't have a fifth or a sixth rounder. Yeah, I think it's definitely a good move for Honeycock right off the bat. I think if I were to like say who won and who lost the trade, if you got into my head, um, I would say Honeycock right now wins the trade. But if Derrick Henry has a year like he had last year, then I think Popola wins that trade for sure. Yeah, it's definitely an incomplete grade right now because a couple of things you don't know how long Derrick Henry is going to be worth it. There's also a PPR league. Now it was a half point PPR and now it's a full point PPR. I'd have to say that and a super flex now. So both of those things I would say would, would hurt Henry's value by a few slots, maybe like eight slots or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you, but you also don't know what Frank Honeycock is going to do with those picks. He could draft complete, you know, garbage with those picks. And, you know, so it's still an incomplete. 
you really kind of have to reflect on it at the end of the year. But at this point, I would say it seems fair and square. Yeah, it's a good trade. I'm glad that now everybody knows about it. I def yeah, I definitely know that Frank Honeycock got a good deal because he can keep one of his other players like Todd Gurley. He would have not kept Todd Gurley if he didn't make this trade, I think. And I was talking to him about uh, a player a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago and he was saying that he wanted to be able to keep Gurley and, yeah. and now he can. So Yeah. I think it's a, it's a win-win scenario at least in yeah. terms of being able to get some draft picks back because it's tough if you don't have a draft pick in the fifth or the sixth round yeah the only thing i would say is from popola's perspective and i wonder if i wonder why he went for henry you know i just don't feel like like again i don't feel like he his value was is rising like normally if i was gonna pick and choose and i had some capital to spend on a player this off season i would probably try to get someone cheaper than what the owner thought he probably could have got miles sander for sanders for less and i would probably be a little bit more excited about that in a ppr league i completely agree right there um, with what you said, yes, I think yeah. I think if I were Popola, I would have done something like that. Now I say I'm more excited about it because I'm more excited about the player. Now, mind you, like Derrick Henry has really not much competition in terms of p- other running backs touching the ball in Philly. It seems like there's a little bit more competition, and Sanders will not get as many touches. So maybe, you know looking at Henry as kind of that sure thing, like he's going to get me 15 to 20 points almost every week. Uh, You would hope so. He doesn't catch the ball much. Miles Sanders. He does does catch the ball. Miles Sanders showed to be pretty good at it as a rookie. Oh, for sure. For sure. And he does seem like the lead dog in that backfield now without Jordan Howard there. So absolutely. I just don't think he's, his guaranteed touches are going to be, what Henry's guaranteed touches are going to be. Right. I think in a perfect world, in a, in a game where the Eagles win and control the game, I think he would end up with like 19 carries and four catches, something like that. Miles Sanders. Yeah, you would assume that. But, you know, even we saw at the end of last year, Boston, maybe a little less. Boston Scott definitely was relied on and and especially in like uh big situations down the stretch like i i I don't big situations for the eagles they didn't make the playoffs well i'm just saying like towards the end of the game when sanders had been playing most of the game and playing well boston scott really looked good and he wasn't just a pass catching back he also ran the ball pretty well so I, I think, you know, people like when we were having this conversation before, I think people saying, oh, Miles Sanders, you know, I'm so excited about him. Yeah, totally. But he's definitely like low end uh, running back one, probably more of a high end running back two. Yeah. My, I just I think he's getting overdrafted. It's tad in league. Maybe, but he could also bust through that value. Whereas I don't really think Derrick Henry, you know, you're, you're drafting Derrick Henry at his max, oh, right? You're, yes. Yes. Like, I don't think he can be even better than he was last year, but who knows? I mean, like he, he he'll get the workload to potentially get upwards to 1800 yards, you know, like if, you know, he plays like he did last year. I mean, he's, really good really 
He's a beast. Yeah. He's a beast. I don't know what kind of workload he could like, you know, realistically sustain this year though, for Christ's sake. Yeah, that's true. But he's young. I mean, he's relatively fresh outside of last year. Last year, 300, 303 carries last year, yeah. 18 catches, 18 catches. Yeah. <laughs> um, I could see that number going up. Like I could see the amount of carries maybe going down a little bit, but I could see him catching the ball maybe a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you'd almost hope uh, that his carries go down, um, and that's pl- and he had a bunch of playoff carries too. Yeah, and in twenty eighteen he had two hundred and fifteen, and then I think he might have had some playoff carries then too. And he had eighteen, no, yeah, eighteen total touchdowns. So, like, do you think that number is possible again, or do you think like, like, I want to say like I don't think he can replicate what he did last year, but. I wouldn't be absolutely shocked if he does even better than he did last year. I mean, he is really good. And he line is really good. I I know, I think they lost somebody, but I think, you know, they really addressed that in the draft. But I mean, he is a huge part of that offense. And, and they do have good pieces. Like Tanhill looked really pretty good last year, especially towards the end of the year. Like, they have good wide receivers. Um, yeah. Now Henry's ac- excellent. You know, he's, he's big, he's strong, he's fast. He's six threes, two forty seven. The guy runs downhill. He's punisher. I think in general, a lot of times these players can't keep it up for too long though. I Now he, he has been on a legendary pace at times uh, like legit legendary, no running back runs like that with that amount of carries and yards yeah over a four or five game span in the past. So he's proven that he can legitimately carry a whole team on his back and run. Yeah. So he's, he's an excellent player, maybe legendary. It's, it's hard to say. In any redraft league, are you drafting him in the first round in any redraft league? Are you going to a standard league? No, in a PPR league. Only in the standard league, a non PPR league, would I do would I do you would that? Probably go wide receiver at that point. If like all those top backs are gone, you'd go wide receiver probably. Absolutely. If he's if he's hanging around in the second round, maybe. I've just noticed I've done a couple redraft leagues that just with random people on ESPN. Oh, please do tell. Oh, me. Yeah. oh, you want to? I, I I would love to because I've actually done a couple. I was uh, experimenting a little bit, like. Uh, Definitely using that whole route of um, waiting on QBs and tight ends. And in the first league, I think I waited on tight ends too long. Although I'm sure you'll be happy to hear. I think in both leagues, I drafted Jack Doyle. Oh, eh, I'm not that over the moon about Jackie Doyle this year. Uh, You've lost your lust. (laughs) I I just think Philip Rivers loves passing the tight end. He's the go-to tight end there. Yeah, it's it's definitely possible. Okay, so this this league is the uh, the league I waited a long time on QBs and tight ends. So twelve team PPR, twelve team PPR. Here's my starting lineup as of now. Uh, Jared Goff at quarterback, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Kenny Galladay, Odell Beckham. Mike Gesicki, T.Y. Hilton, and then Bears D's and Gonzalez. And then on bench, Cam Akers, A.J. Green, Henry Ruggs, Damian Williams, Zach Moss, 
Jack Doyle, Ben Roethlisberger. All right, yeah, good bench. You can cut Jackie Doyle, but good bench. <laughs> why? Why are you uh, not high on Jack Doyle? I just think he's replacement level this year. I mean, I think he's fine. Take him for a week or two, but I wouldn't hold him on your bench. You don't think he's uh, going to get a lot of looks with Philip Rivers in town? He might. I just think he's replacement level. I think there's going to be four guys like that after week one. You know, maybe. Yeah. yeah. On the waiver wire, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think he was, like, kind of the only guy. Like, I think Dallas Goddard and a couple other guys were available. But, like, I looked at them as non-starters, whereas Jack Doyle's a starter in, in, a, in a system with a quarterback that loves throwing to the tight end. So I thought, you know, we'll see. Because Gesicki might not be worth it either. Right. Um, no, you, you could be right. I mean, it, it could be like the, the situation like last season where you draft Christian Kirk instead of Larry Fitzgerald, you know, where they both play the same position for the same team. And Fitzgerald's older and less exciting. And that's kind of why you go the younger guy, because yeah. maybe at some point that's going to happen where the younger guy overtakes him. Yeah. For but sure. in, in, in that case, I would go Goddard because I do think there's a lot more upside there. If I, uh, I like, I think, I think Goddard is uh, slowly already had become the best tight end in, in Philly. Yeah, he could uh, imagine if uh, Ertz uh, got a high ankle sprain week one. You know, yeah, well, all of a sudden. And Ertz, Ertz is uh, getting older. Ertz is getting hurts. Ertz is getting hurts. <laughs> so. Um, and uh, the, I'll go through the second team I drafted. This one I like a lot more. Um, I have Dak Prescott. At QB, uh, Saquon and Fournette, uh, Mike Evans, Cortland Sutton, tight end, your boy Hayden Hurst. Oh, yeah. Um, great value, I think. Yeah. Um, and then Keenan Allen. At my uh, the, the, the bench is pretty great, I think. Uh, Debo Samuel, uh, Tariq Cohen, Darius Geis, <laughs> and my biggest deal to draft, Christian Kirk. Yes, he's going way late, isn't he? Yeah, uh, I, I got Jack Doyle in this this league too, um, and then uh, Justin Jackson, and uh, my favorite player in the NFL, Justin Jackson, and uh, Jim. He's my favorite player. Why? Uh, he's a big socialist. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's uh, he's really a good follow on Twitter. He, uh, oh. he he's he's definitely. Um, outspoken on all the issues out there oh cool well maybe he'll get he'll get a bigger chance this year um well i like eckler i is talent right but we talked about this he's a small guy uh i think um justin jackson will get the ability to you know challenge for the feature role um not maybe not challenge like i like even in a scenario where eckler doesn't get hurt you know it's just I think they just need a bigger body sometimes, a different type of runner. And I think he's going to get enough touches where if he does something with it, he could definitely have some value. And then obviously if Eckler gets hurt, I think, you know, he's probably the starting guy there. And I think that's pretty valuable maybe. Yeah. He, I think he would be, uh, I think they also drafted someone there. So there might be another third body. He did, he did, but nobody too exciting. Yeah. But Justin Jackson's very good um, when he's, been given the chance it's not like he hasn't performed it's just Eckler has been a standout yeah. at the role that he was given last yeah. year and the year before in his limited touch come back after a certain amount of time like yeah, what, he, 
week seven, week eight. Yeah, no, Austin Eckler saved the Chargers franchise a lot of money, probably too. They're yeah. like forever indebted to him. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, but if if Justin Jackson were to get ten uh, carries a week and two catches, I think that's a pretty good role for him. I think he could do something. Yeah. I thought it's relevant. Probably my like second to last position player pick because um, I always I, in every redraft league I'm picking defense and kicker last. Mm. Um. And then, yeah, and then I got Garoppolo as my backup QB. Okay. Now, Tariq Cohen. They, I, I, great job. Great job, by the way. Seriously. Really amazing team, I thought. That was a 12-team league? That's a 12-team league. Outstanding. Yeah, I think, well, and I, it does, I will say it does make a big difference when you are in the first couple of picks. I feel like you can just get better players. Um, it's, a, it's like the other draft, I think I was like sixth or seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, sixth and uh, actually missed the first pick and they auto-drafted Dalvin Cook, which I would have probably taken there. I, th- I don't think he's going to hold out. Yeah, probably not. Um, uh, but Tariq Cohen, tell me about Tariq Cohen. Why is he uh, a player to, to pick this in year? In a PPR league, I think uh, he's a guy that, you know, we can – I mean, he had 79 catches last year. Um, I, I – I like him because I just think his total points scored will be more than most of the guys being drafted in that range. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. Like, I think at the end of the year, we'll, you'll go back and look at, it. I think it's like, kind of like, like in a kind of drafting James white when you're in a PPR league. Mm-hmm. Um, what and happened? Now James white going lower than him. I mean, in the past, James white definitely went higher than Cohen, but uh, now he's going lower than Cohen because of the uncertain situation there with uh, their quarterback situation. Yeah, but I think I think honestly James White's going to be a safety valve no matter what, no matter who's starting quarterback there. Both of their both of those players, Cohen and White, are screaming values if they perform at their best and if they have the role that we've seen them have. Um, yeah, know, but we, we, which can be well, running back number ones in a in a PPR. Oh, I'm, I definitely remember having Cohen in a league, a PPR league last year that he definitely saved me many weeks just because he just, when you have a guy that's catching five, six balls consistently, like that's five or six points without the yardage, without a possible touch. And he gets, he finds the end zone too. Um, let's see last year. Oh yeah. He, he had three touchdowns. So that's still, you know, more than some, wide receiver twos. Um, but yeah, I, I think anytime you can get a guy that's still going to get some carries could potentially get a return touchdown. Um, right. I, I think that's pretty valuable in that range is what was that? Probably one, two, three, eight, eighth round, I think. Okay. Pretty good value in the eighth round there. I think, I think you're, you're looking at, you know, probably at least 160 points from him. When I think of the, a lot of guys going in that range, will probably hit 130 max. Yeah. Um, I, I I just think in terms of having because like the other people that are around there that are a little higher than him are like Kareem Hunt. What are you smiling at? 
because uh, I was just checking in on Twitter. I wanted to tweet this um, this live stream in case anyone yeah. was watching. Encourage yeah. them to join on Get Vocal. Um, yeah. And uh, Esther Hilton, who uh, is is a big fan of uh, Crawl Space, is writing there. She yeah. told me to lose the hat. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> She's. She's told me this before. She said, just don't wear a hat. She's like, you can wear them around the house. Just don't wear them on camera. Why? She said that my hair is too good. She said it's actually offensive to people with uh, not good hair. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sounds like you have a real, it sounds like, that sounds like a real fan. <laughs> um, put, it, put it back on. All right. Let's, there we go. Um, I took it off. I took it off. Oh, so sexy. I'm not taking my <laughs> off. <laughs> okay sorry I, I i was laughing i tweeted it uh i forgot we were talking about pass catching backs white cohen yeah yeah i uh i think you know I, and i just think kareem hunt's getting overdrafted or maybe not overdrafted maybe he's getting drafted where he should i just feel like it's a little early for i think the type of players are around there like i think he got drafted around the same time i drafted debo samuel i'd much rather have debo samuel than yeah so something i think you really need to look at when you're in these drafts and i don't know if a lot of people do this but search by points or projected points uh as well as just the average draft position or whatever the rankings that the site you use gives you but you can almost always search by projected points and even look at last year's points also I, I look at a lot because a lot of times, well, and a lot of times the projections are kind of based on last year's points. But always but, there's like one or two guys who like, oh, this guy, no one's thinking like Devonta Freeman, for example, doesn't have a projection. If he were to sign tomorrow, he'd have a projection and he'd be drafted. But in yeah. a draft for today, he's not even getting drafted because no one sees him. Some of the wide receivers that I think could potentially have like the ceiling of wide receiver one without anyone getting injured. Like, oh, yeah. I always like, I, I don't know. Like, do you like playing that game of like, Oh, this guy would be so valuable if so-and-so gets injured. Like you can't base your whole draft on that. But in the case of Kareem hunt, it sure is true. And you know, it might be true anyway, that he's going to be really valuable because uh, I think they're the Browns have changed up their system a bit. Uh, Freddie kitchens is gone. And I believe yeah, Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. I don't yeah, know why Freddie kitchens was the head coach. That was such a dumb decision. Right. But but now you have a run first coach and you have two great running back talents. So oh, yeah. I well, and they I, want, I think they want to take the definitely take the pressure off of uh Baker there. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's a good move. And I think mind you, I think maybe mind I mean, me. that could be awful. I mean, that could just be it and they he just might not be the guy, but this is the year for him to kind of make that step forward and if he does, that offense will be really cooking. And uh I, I think Odell Beckham Jr. is getting drafted. You can draft him pretty late. Yeah, like fourth round. Um, I think. Have you been ending up with him? Um, what's that? Have you been ending up with him? I got him in. Well, I only done two drafts, and I got him in the first one. Any similarities between your two drafts? Um, definitely uh, running backs getting taken super early like i mean obviously there's the elite running backs the guys that will always go in the first round but like i was noticing like like miles sanders going super early like beginning like end of first beginning of the second um because people get desperate because there is a drop off there 
And then there's guys, there's there's like, I think Miles Sanders is like the last guy I would feel comfortable saying is like a running back one. Then it's like a bunch of running back twos and guys that could definitely be RB1s though. Right. Um, like, Some good upside. Yeah, like Le'Veon Bell. Um, who else is in that? Melvin Gordon, potentially. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I got Lev Bell in in one draft that I just did today, actually. Uh, it was that same format, 12-team, full-point PPR. Tell me about it. Well. I need to get a team on me. <laughs> this team, I, I draft. need it. I believe I had the 11th pick. And so I kind of played a little bit with the, with um, strategy, knowing my opponent there, like, you know, in certain circumstances, if in, for example, the first round I selected uh, Nick Chubb because I really wanted Nick Chubb there and I didn't want this guy to get him. Yeah, and who's who was like Josh Jacobs still available? Yes, Josh Jacobs was there, and I believe that's who he Eckler, took. Maybe. Sorry, Eckler was still there. Eckler was still there. Yeah. yeah. So that's that range where those guys are like also fringe run, running back ones, and then Miles Sanders probably ends that list up, right? Am I right? Yep. No? Okay. Yep, and then you get Joe Mixon, uh, Leonard Fournette. Um, because really that, that strategy came into play because I really wanted Nick Chubb. I, I, I like Chubb a little bit better than those other players right there. I have a chubby for Chubb and, uh, and I didn't really care because I knew there were a lot of good, there, there was, uh, Devonte Adams, Chris Godwin and Julio Jones still there. So I was like, well, I'll just take my guy chubby and I'll wait for whatever receiver falls my way. Yeah. Who'd you so end up with your second pick? I ended up with Godwin at the second pick in the second I like, round. I like Godwin a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, yeah, and see, I think a lot of people are going running back, running back. Like, a lot of drafts, they've been seeing, like, a lot of people starting out that way. And, like, I wouldn't have faulted you there, like, going Chubb and Jacobs. If J- Was Jacobs still there? No, uh, I couldn't have gotten both of them. Oh, okay. Who, who did the guy take after you picked? Like who are his? He took Jacobs and Devonte Adams. Makes sense. Yeah, those are picks. <laughs> I like that. Uh, and uh, but but you're right because there is that cliff um, right around that fourth round with that Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon area where I feel like you really want to have two running backs out of that. Yeah, out of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and I devoted have uh, Todd Gurley and David Johnson there. I think, and then David Johnson kind of cuts off that round. Right. So I use that same strategy where I said, okay, there are enough wide receivers here that I really like that I don't really care which one I get, but there's only one of these running backs that I value a little bit higher than the others. And in this case, it was Le'Veon Bell at the 11th pick of the third round. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So not bad. Uh, Fine value. I mean, he'll be all right, I guess. I'm not psyched about it. He's going to be the workhorse back. I mean, they got Frank Gore and um someone else uh yeah. we'll definitely get touches but like no one i'm th- saying that like where anyone's gonna steal major work away with him without an injury right um, and he does get he is a little injury prone but uh their offensive line is better um Dar- he should be better arnold seemed to improve a little bit towards the end of last year so you know i think their offense will be better 
Uh, he's going to catch a lot of balls in a PPR league. That's nice. So, yeah, he's good value. And like your fourth round pick. That was my third, but uh, but at the top of the fourth, I went with uh, Amari Cooper. And you he was there. Switch that out either way, like saying Amari Cooper, Le'Veon Bell, third. Yeah, round. you really could have. That's that. I think those those are good. That's a good start. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I like that. Who? What? Yeah, receivers were hanging around there. Around that area, I got uh, Cooper, but um, Odell Beckham was there, Cortland Sutton, Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Robert Woods. Yeah, I think the only person I would have picked over Amari would probably be Odell. Yeah. I think that's probably the only guy. But I think they both have the highest ceilings out of the guy. Right. Whereas guys like, you know, Robert Woods and, you know, might not be as sexy, but he could catch over 100 balls this year. Yeah, he'll be pretty good this year, I think. In the PPR league, um, you know, if he gets start getting like if he gets like six touchdowns, like he's in, you know, what Keenan Allen territory used to be. But I I want to reiterate the point that we were making here because a running back drafted in that same area, say round four, round five, or let's go with round five. Yeah. Um, here are the examples right in this draft: Raheem Mostert. James Connor, Kareem Hunt, Jonathan guy. Taylor, Devin Singletary. I'm excited. They're for, uh, probably out of the to go with all those guys you mentioned. Probably the only guy. Oh, and uh, Hilaire Edwards, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's in. He might have gotten drafted. Those drafted already here. Uh, Hilaire Edwards, uh, Jonathan Taylor, and uh, and Kareem Hunt are the only people I'm really excited. I, I yeah. like Mostert. I like I like his I like what he looked like at the end of last year. I just am not a hundred percent sold, and I think Tevin Coleman and uh, Jarek McKinnon are both pretty talented too. Um, I mean, the guy. I, I think McKinnon might be out of there by the time the season rolls maybe, around. I don't know what's maybe, going on there. Maybe, but I mean, he as of right now, I'm pretty sure he's still there. But um, I don't know. I I, I worry that. You know, it was kind of a flash in the pan sort of thing. Uh, but, but the my, my point here that I want to reiterate is that there's a point in this in these drafts, especially in full point PPR leagues, where if you look at the projected points, you'll see that running uh, that receivers are much more valuable than running backs that are getting drafted yeah. in that same area. Yeah. Here's a quick example: DJ Chark, 206 points is his projection on ESPN in a full point PPR. Yeah. Uh, Devin Singletary is 176. Jonathan Taylor, 136, yeah. which is maybe a little yeah. low. And also, that's like he's a rookie. Like I don't think it's fair to look at his projection. I mean, it's I think it's well, okay. Buddy who played last year. But he was drafted before Chark, and this is a player for your flex. So you literally need to count your points at this if you plan on starting this player. Oh, you know, no. Kareem, Hunt, think, Kareem Hunt's also projected at 170. Well, so there's about at least a 30-point well, difference well, there. Two points a game. Yeah. Two points a game. Who else wide receiver-wise uh, was there? DJ Chark, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Love all. AJ Green. Oh, yeah. I, I, DK I, I, Metcalf. Like, I like the thought of AJ Green. Like, like I would. I'm a little worried about drafting him. I think I did draft him in a league, but because I think all the other guys that you were talking about was gone. I think he was like the best wide receiver available, and I think his upside is pretty great. 
for where you can draft him. Like, I think all those guys, you know, even you can go even down further with those wide receivers that are still really good. Like there's guys you can get late wide receiver. Totally agree. I would say without a doubt, make sure to, I need to get all these running backs. Like, you know, it's just like, okay. You know, I, I, in terms of if I've gotten my two running backs, I'm not stressed about getting another one till, you know, I've filled my roster in terms of like running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver flex. Then I'm not very pressed about getting a running back until I can see some good value. Um, I'm going to load up on some of those really like getting Terry McLaurin, like your first player off the bench. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I got some Christian Kirk. I got him in the seventh round in a full point PPR. I feel like that's pretty good. Yeah. I got Christian Kirk in like the 10th round in a league. I'm like, why is he here? Great. Awesome. The aforementioned Tevin Coleman, I scooped him up in the ninth round, 11th pick in the ninth round. I thought that was pretty good value because, yeah, you mentioned Mostert. He's a little, still a little uncertain. I don't know why we should, I don't know why there's that value discrepancy. Well, I think, I think because he did play really great. Like, I mean, he was a beast down the stretch. And, uh, you know, if he can keep that up over the course of a year, then that's you know, that's pretty good value drafting him where you draft him. I just don't know if that's the case. Like, I think there's going to be, it's not possible. I also think there's just going to be some Tevin Coleman games where he's just the hot hand and they're going, yes. you know, and uh, I, I don't think Tevin Coleman is completely a forgotten guy there. No, but he is in fantasy. <laughs> and so I, I think he's a pretty good value in terms of loaded backfields. What do you feel about this Washington backfield? Like, like I, I drafted Geis in a league because I think he is the best running back on the roster. Obviously, injuries are a ma- major concern there, but they have so many guys. Like, what round did you draft him in? I think the ninth. Yeah, I mean, what is he available in the ninth round for? He should be he he should be drafted in like the sixth or seventh range. Uh, I think. Maybe so. Yeah, I think. I mean, there's a lot of question marks with them. One, they have so many running backs, and maybe. Who, Adrian Peterson? I mean, they have Adrian Peterson. They drafted a guy this year. They still have Bryce Love that they drafted last year. Fuck out of here. I mean, I agree, but I'm just saying they're obviously not committed 100% to him because he gets injured a lot. Like, he's been, he's what, carried the ball how many times in the past two years? He's only been in the league one year. He was a rookie last year, I believe. No. Rookie the year before. His whole year. Yeah, were like, oh, guys, and then he like ran a couple of times and got hurt again. So, yeah, that's great. a shame. He looked great when he was healthy, but uh, I think there's just so much injury. But, I mean, in terms of your probably fourth, fifth running back that you have, like, I like that upside. Yeah. Sign me up. And to the point we were making about kind of uh, there is still good receiver value, but there is that discrepancy. So I feel like what you want to do is get two running backs early that you can depend on. And then there's a few running backs here and there that you can pick and choose. Like the aforementioned Damian Williams. Yeah, Damian Williams, uh, Zach Moss. Is that his name? Is that not right? The guy from Buffalo. Yeah, from Buffalo. Yeah, I, I like his. I mean, uh, J.K. Dobbins. I like that value of like being able to get so late. I like uh, um, who else was hanging around late. Uh, I got Keyshawn Vaughn in one league in the eighth round. I thought that was uh, maybe a little early for him. Yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn, the Tampa Bay running back. But yeah, I think I, these I, other guys I was talking about, you can get later. Um, yeah, and, and really like, and if you 
if you have to cut them, you have to cut them. But like, I think the potential there for some of these guys is pretty good for the, you know, spot that you're picking them in. Um, oh, your boyfriend, Justin Jackson was drafted yeah. in the 11th round here. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's like, there's some guys that carry pretty good value opposed to like these guys that you're like the Keyshawn bonds and stuff. That I think you're drafting draft a lot earlier that yeah. I don't see as like how much more upshot side does Keyshawn Vaughn have compared to Zach Moss? Like, I would say a little bit with Brady being so good at throwing to receiving backs and with uh, Vaughn, you know, that happened to be being his specialty and uh, with an underperforming Ronald Jones, I think there's some real upside there uh, with Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, Maybe. I, you know, I don't know if it'll ever I'm just not, it'll work out. Yeah. I just think uh, uh, Buffalo drafted Zach Moss to really be more of the, traditional running back i think he's going to be the guy that's in towards the goal line Uh, i know uh allen likes to run the ball in a lot so that might take away from a little bit but i think there's some good value there especially being able to get him in like the 10th 11th yeah well but i think you need to take at least one risk you know like a like a risky especially if you went kind of safe with players that you know are good um, you're not taking rookies early on. You're not taking guys coming back from injury who have switched teams. Yeah. You know, you know that they're established veterans who are on teams playing with contracts where it's not. You know, if if you've picked conservatively to a certain point, then you need to take a few risks. I think taking risks, especially in those rounds, like ninth, tenth, eleventh round, like you know, at that point, like what is what is that noise? What was happening? Oh, it's I think it was my email. You asshole! How many you got? What do you get? Four emails in the. It's uh, a lot of emails for a Friday afternoon. People be sending. <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably, probably all of like junk mail. <laughs> unsubscribe from. <laughs> oh, I might need this like ten percent off at some point. Sending them, keep sending them. Uh, so, I wanted to mention um, these receivers that I drafted late okay. in 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 this draft, because uh, I do think there's still a lot of good receiver value too. And I think you should scoop some of those guys up. And like you kind of said, be willing to discard them quickly if you need to. But uh, Deshaun Jackson, I think is a great value late. I got uh, Preston Williams in the 11th round. I got Curtis Samuel and Denzel Mims. So three receivers there. Mims, I think has legitimate, chance to be like a wide receiver two this year as the jets uh number one receiver potentially uh we'll yeah i think crowder crowder is still around so he's gonna get catch quite a few balls i think he's a you know kind of the guy that has the most rapport there with darnold at this point and you know i think as we talked about earlier bell's gonna get a lot of catches too upwards to 50 some 60 maybe so yeah um, yeah, I agree. He has the potential. The potential is there. We'll see. Yeah, I like Preston Williams. He was he was a rookie last year and showed really well with the Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, you still have Gunslinger um, Ryan Fitzpatrick as the starting quarterback, and they had some pretty good games together. Uh, here's a game uh, versus the Jets. Preston Williams five catches for seventy two yards, two touchdowns. Uh, six catches for 82 yards at Buffalo. That's a tough defense. He's pretty good, and he looked good out there. So, uh, and and their number one is Devontae Parker, but 
Yeah. He should be their number two. Yeah. So I think there's legit chance he's he could be breaking out yeah, as a second year receiver. Whether it's Fitzpatrick or Tua, they're gonna be airing the ball out a bunch. So I mean there's gonna be, you know, there's gonna be need to be mouths to feed there. Um Yeah. I yeah, I like that. I feel like both drafts that I did in that range, I was kind of focused on getting my tight ends and maybe scooping up another running back. Because I feel like at most drafts, like when I st- was building my bench, I would usually start off with wide receiver, then maybe a running back or two or, t- you know, but I would definitely start off with a wide receiver building my bench because I always felt like that was the best value. Um, yeah, those I think it is. Were the- if it- I was going to make sure those wide receivers, make sure you. <laughs> Sorry, what'd you say? When those wide receivers are being taken, I was definitely dead set focused on tight end. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think you ought to look at the projected points when you're drafting your likely flex candidates. Yeah, you know, sure. they're like, don't go, oh, well, I need another running back. Well, if you already have two, you don't need another running back right then. Like, that's at some right. Point, yes, draft some more running backs. But um, I think when you're looking at your flex, yeah, draft, draft whoever's going to score the most points. Yeah. feel like you need another running back because, oh, gosh, everybody's taking all the running backs. Like, so what? You have two. That's all you need. Yeah. You know, like, like deal with it. Yeah. Well, I think also people are paranoid. Well, what if one of them gets hurt? Then I don't even have a good backup. It's like, well, if you can get like Tariq Cohen or some of these other guys, like, I think that's a fine backup. You know, in a, especially in full point PPR leagues, there are guys on the waiver wire that you can pick up and plug and play. Yeah. Uh, every week they'll be there. You got to be active, you got to be looking. Especially in PPR what? leagues. Like, I mean, there's always going to be that, yes. that will definitely get like at least five catches for you. Um, and it's injuries, basically. That, that's that's why that changes every week. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like, you know, we'll see what's the deal with the preseason. But, like, if there's no preseason or there's no, like, you know, a, not a ton of, like, training camp, uh, like, I, I'm a little nervous about the amount of injuries that there will be. Um, because I... Assume I know a lot of guys are obviously, you know, working out, you know, I know a lot of people have been trying to, you know, get with their quarterbacks and stuff like that. So, and it seems, you know, they're opening everything up in terms of like gyms and things like that. So I don't, I don't know how much of it they'll lose, but it'll be interesting with a reduced training camp and a reduced uh, uh, preseason. Boy, I can't wait, though. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. What uh, do you uh, – how, how authentic was the NFL's uh, speech on um, on Black Lives Matter? Um, how authentic? Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I'm sure there was – you know, they seem to be trying to do some things. Like, I guess today they announced that uh, they're uh, company-wide. They're making it a national holiday uh, for Juneteenth which uh-huh. is the day that was like the last official day of slavery. Um, and they just yeah. transitioned it over to the, the prison system. Um, but nice. but uh, that's another day, another show, but they're making that. Uh, so like, I think all the corporate shit is always uh, for PR uh, first and foremost, whether they mean it or not, who knows? Um, but making things more normalized for, you know, especially like middle America 
and the South, uh, I think is a, a, a step in the right direction. So I don't think you can be like, oh, fuck. I mean, of course you can say, oh, fuck the NFL, whatever. And never yeah. again. that's fine because, yeah, you know, and it's there's still racist owners. There's still, you know, like all that. Shit, but um, I don't think you can completely shit on it. It seems like they're all right. making some sort of effort and it seems You're right. things have changed. The conversation is changing. Um, You're right. But still fuck them um, because of Colin Kaepernick. Like, uh, you know, that, that is such a a shame here. That guy lost years of a potentially great career. He did no, like, I feel like people forget he took a team to the Super Bowl. He was a throw away from winning the Super Bowl. And, you know, he is, he is, could, could play today and easily be a backup or probably a starter in the league. So what I want to, I, I think actions speak louder than words, NFL. Absolutely. Cut him a check. Absolutely. Wait, have they already though? Do they already give him some kind of money? Uh, I I don't know. Nike does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know um, how that all works. I mean, it might be something where players, you know, that can't get a job still get money from them. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why he doesn't have a job. Wait, either let him, either you know why. for Christ's sake. You know why he doesn't have a job. Well, then, fuck, he knew he deserves $20 million a year. Well, well, yeah, I agree. <laughs> or or at least, like, 10. I, I mean, you know. A backup he, Obviously, his legacy will live on, and, you know, people will look to him as, you know, we'll have, well, you know, if there are still racists in, like, you know, 40 years, um, you know, those racists will talk about how, how great of a hero Ka- Colin Kaepernick was, and we should look up to him the same way racists right now are telling us uh, how we need to follow the words of MLK. Um, you know, these people that always like to, these white people that always like to quote MLK um, uh, really would have hated him when he was alive. Um, so, oh. yeah, you know, I, I hate when people do that. It's really disgusting. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, and then like Pete Carroll coming out. Oh, I wish we would have signed him. Shut the fuck up. Like, you know, like, no, you don't. Then you would have signed him. Then you would have signed him. You know, it, stop. Yeah. So I, I think there's still a ton of work to do, but it's a step in the right direction for sure. Um, and, you know, and I, I think these are things that are long overdue and it will make us a better, stronger place to live uh, because of it. Um but yeah, there's well, just still a ton to do, um, and I do, and I do think, um, you know, I think the the black players in the league are are you know starting to step up more and speak out more. Um, you know, I know Akeem Hicks from the Bears was talking about the situation. He's like, man, we signed Mike Glennon, Mike Glennon. You know, they signed Mike Glennon over Colin Kaepernick. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's a joke. They gave Glennon a lot of money, yeah, too. Yeah, a ton. And uh, it absolute joke. Like, and then, yeah, I mean, maybe the Bears deserve it. Maybe it was, you know, because of signing Mike Glennon over Colin Kaepernick, then they ended up uh, drafting uh, Trubisky, who could be right. well on his way out of the league after this year. That's what happens when you when you run your team or do anything based on fear. They they were literally afraid to get Trump tweeting negative shit. About well, and and the and and the the fans that come to the games that are you know outwardly racist or you know inwardly racist. You know, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know it's it's I think it's time to stop catering to those people. And if it affects your bottom line, uh, so be it. 
And I think there's been companies that have said, you know what, if it affects the bottom line, we don't want those people here. And I think that's that's great because who wants to go to a sporting event, especially you go with your kids and you're just surrounded by racist people that are being catered to? Uh, what was yeah. happening? And I can't believe like NASCAR hadn't banned the Confederate flag. That shit makes me yeah. sick. Yeah. You know, and it's just like this whole thing of, you know, heritage and, and shit like that. It's like, you know, they were, tra- they were traitors. They were treasonous. You know, I literally, I think, I think someone is an idiot. If I see the, if I see a Confederate flag, which I do see, there are some in my friggin' yeah. town and it's despicable. Yeah. I, I feel I, like egging I think them. there is a, a very small percentage of people that are just so ignorant and so dumb, yeah. like, like, and maybe probably, I mean, I think a hundred percent of the people that fly Confederate flag or at least have it on something are racist uh, but I think there's people that are obviously way worse that like have it and like that means so much to them. But then I think there's other people that like don't even realize how racist it is. If they just think it's like, oh, it's oh, I'm no, from the yeah, south, so it's tradition, you know. It's just like it's on our fucking state flag, you know. Like uh, it's it's being flown at, at the Capitol, you know. And it, it, it's a normalization technique. And when people see these things, these statues, these you know, flags being burnt, these statues being pulled down, you know, they take such great offense to it because it's reducing the normalization of that behavior. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be a fight to break that up. Yeah. And I, and I, I definitely think there's, you know, I think there's a good 30% of our country, if not 40, 40, I would say that are, you know, either outwardly or inwardly racist. Mm, I hope it's not that bad. I mean, it could Jeez. be. Uh, well, thanks for depressing no, but, me, Adam. But I think, you know, our generation, definitely the gener- generations below us are way more tolerant, uh, way more, um, and then intolerant to racism. They're way more tolerant people, but they're intolerant to racism yeah. and bigotry and stuff like that because, um you know, especially with the internet and stuff, I think kids start getting really wise to it really quick and being like, oh, that's awful. Like their first instinct is say that's awful before they can be indoctrinated into that awfulness. Uh, yeah, they kids are so innocent. They obviously don't understand really what's happening. Um, a friend of mine. And when it's on the news and your parents are watching it, there's no choice but to have the conversation. And I, yeah. I, he, I, go ahead. Uh, I have a, a friend of mine uh, from high school. He uh, posts some some really great stuff on on Instagram recently about about everything. And uh, he has a son, and they were protesting in their neighborhood. And uh, he asked, "Why are they um, saying all these people's names during this?" Uh, you know, it's like what he's like. They were all killed. He's like, "Why?" you know, why were they killed? He's because they were black. Like he had nothing, he had no other like real answer, you know, and, and this is a black guy and, and yeah. his son obviously. And so he didn't get it, you know, why that yeah, would it's be. It's a very difficult, like, you know, I have a lot of friends who are black and, uh, you know, have kids that are super young, maybe even too young to start like, uh, you know, being able to have that conversation with them to even to understand it. But those that are yeah. old enough, like, you know, they're having those conversations and, uh, you know, making sure that one, to protect themselves and two, so they understand, you know, that our world or our country really isn't totally accepting of everyone, which is so sad and so depressing and so disappointing. 
And when people get angry that you even bring it up or talk about it, like how nasty and ugly of a person must you be to get upset about talking uh, about racism and about bigotry and about those sort of things, like to get upset about it, like why, like that this need to be, be able to be racist, like, is that what makes you feel free in this country? Like, it's sick. It's awful. And and anybody that tries to uh uh bring their kids up in a way where they there's that email (laughs) i gotta really cancel some of these this is a real wake-up call um but but yeah anybody to teach their kid that it's okay to be racist or okay to hate people based on who they are and uh you know i think there's there's, yeah well there's still plenty of that going on and uh it's yeah. really disappointing and it's this whole idea of like well i just have different viewpoints than you it's like no you're hateful <laughs> like that's not a different viewpoint that's just what it is yeah it's not an alternative fact it's just yeah. a lie and I, you know, know, I, so well, and I think we look at it, like we would have probably never had this conversation on a fantasy football show like a year ago right. just because we'd be like oh this yeah. is too much we're getting away from the top but this is re- reality this is the life yeah. we hey this show, this show is some so we some topical motherfuckers here oh, yeah, on this well, show. But you know what I mean? we'll dive right into social issues. Absolutely. We're not afraid. Absolutely, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, uh, yeah, exactly. It's good. It's good. The conversations it's good. are happening. It's refreshing and it's like really cool. Like I know I've seen a lot of friends that have really been like radicalized, like by all this, and I think that's the way it should be. Like until we don't have to fight for anything, which I probably yeah. is not going to be in our Randy Bryce. You Trump versus Black Lives Matter. Uh, yeah, I think um, uh, until it's all gone, you know, we're going to have to keep fighting. I think that's going to be the case for our entire lifetime, unfortunately. But yeah. um, I'm glad that people are willing to fight. People are willing to listen. People are willing to speak up. And, um, you know, I think it just makes us all better. And I think, you know, at, at the end of the day, like going back to NFL, like I think the more tolerant it is, the more – you know, I think games will be more fun. Like this, this constant need for people to like fight people at football games is ridiculous. Like it's yeah. awful. Like, <laughs> people will be, it's uh, like these slap drunk, like yeah. old men, like needing to fight and stuff like that. Like, I, like what? I, I would. It would be much more fun yeah. to go to a football game and spend all. Damn it! Spend all that money. Um, and have a great time and party with people. And if people are rooting for a team that's not your team, to like have fun with them yeah. and like be able to enjoy yourself. Like, it, there's nothing. Worse. It's a goddamn it's a, game. And and, and Drew, Drew Brees, what what are you thinking? You yeah. Well, moron. he definitely walked that back real quick. <laughs> sure did. To the point where he had to like call out. He's like, "What do I do? What do I do to make this right?" He's like, "I'll just call out Trump." <laughs> <laughs> I go to uh, if you want to try to like win people's good graces back it's like call out some awful person like oh you know like, right she's the worst than me and i'm trying to do better and, 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 and you know and i think you know also going back to that like it seemed as though it seemed genuine from at least the teammates uh perspective and them talking about it that he did want to listen he did want to learn he did want to understand a little yeah. bit more um and, and whether well, it would yeah, and Get whether it was to like save face as being a good guy, maybe. Um, but I mean, I don't think I don't uh, think he's a piece of shit or a racist. It was probably he just didn't you know, understand. And you're I right. Think, um, 
there's also a lot of people out there that did serve in the military and you know and yeah. that it has yeah, nothing to do with and it I, I get that but like a lot of people are very prideful about that and um and and they're they're wrong uh yes but i don't think all of those people are necessarily bad racist people i think it's just their first initial gut reaction to that was taking offense 